Hey, welcome to Life Church. We pray this blesses you and empowers you for your week ahead. We hope you enjoy this message. God's Word together. I believe today is going to be a significant, it is a significant day. How many people are with me already on that? How many people do I still need to convince? I'm kidding. We're going to open God's Word and I want to show you some things and hopefully that we can build our understanding of what is happening today and, and what will be happening as we pray today. I believe today is a significant day that some people are going to receive the breakthrough today. Some people are going to receive healing today. Some people are going to have their broken heart mended today. Some people are going to receive strength they never knew they could find today. Some people are going to receive peace that they thought was impossible today. And thank God it's not by might, it's not by power, but it is by His Spirit. Come on. Let's be expectant today. And as I said, in about 15 minutes time when I'm done talking, we're going to worship and we're going to pray. And we want to create that opportunity for every single person in here to be able to walk forward. That's why the chairs are a little bit further back today. We've created a little bit of intentional space. We want you to be able to do something maybe that you've not done before or it's been a long time since you did in church. And that's to get up from where you are to walk forward, to do something intentional and allow somebody to stand with you and pray with you. And we've called today an anointing service. An anointing service. And it's not a word that we use in sort of our everyday language. But I believe today as we anoint you, as we pray for you and anoint you, significant things are going to happen. And what we're doing, that, that word anointing means to, to pour over or smear. And we have anointing oil. Now don't worry, when you come forward, we're not going to pour a bucket of Aldi's olive oil on your head, okay? But we are going to get a small bottle of oil, put it on our finger, and only if you're okay with this, you don't have to, but we're going to touch you on the forehead with that olive oil as a mark of this anointing. And I want to take this next 15 minutes to explain the why behind that. Because when we understand why we're doing something, it takes on so much more purpose, doesn't it? When we know why we're doing it, we find the joy in it. When we know why we're doing it, we have a greater understanding. And when we know the why, we can have an expectation of what God is going to do in this moment. And I have an expectation because from the start of this month, when we decided to call this series Presence and Power, I had an expectation of what God would do. But I have to tell you, my expectation has only grown this week as I've got into His Word and studied what it is to be anointed today. So can I just pray as we start? Because I'm going to talk quick. You're going to have to listen quick. So Father God, we just give this time to you. And I just pray, God, there would be a sense of deep calling to deep today. God, we thank you that it isn't by might or by power, but it's by your Spirit. So Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Would you speak to our hearts? 
Would you take the words that I'm using and just make them so much better, God, to, to speak to our hearts, God, as we take up a posture of leaning in and wanting to draw from you today. We thank you that you will meet us there. We'll give this time to you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. So my plan is simply this. We're going to look at anointing in the Old Testament just to give ourselves a bit of context. We're then going to speed through into the New Testament and then look at the life of Jesus and where he met this word anointing and what he did with that. And that's going to lead us into our time of prayer. So first of all, let's look at the Old Testament just really briefly. When we look in the Old Testament, and I'm not going to give you a lot of scriptures from the Old Testament, you can all do a Google search on the word anointing in the Old Testament, okay? There's a lot of scriptures come up. But what it was, was it was frequently seen as oil being placed on someone's head as an outward symbol that they are chosen and they are set apart for a holy purpose. Just think about that for a moment. It's a sign of being set apart for a holy purpose. People were often anointed through the Old Testament for service or when they uh, stepped into a new office, for example, we see kings anointed, we see priests anointed, we see prophets anointed. Signs of God's presence and favor with that person. Quick examples that you could think of, if you know uh, these characters through the Bible, think of David. He was a shepherd boy, but he was anointed with oil to be the future king. We think of Moses anointing Aaron into the priesthood. We think of Elijah anointing Elisha as his successor. So all through the Old Testament, and the thing that I want you to get from this is they were anointing as a sign of being set apart for a holy purpose. Okay, now we step into the New Testament and what, what marks the New Testament is when Jesus came to earth. Jesus was there in the beginning and he'll be there at the end. But this is the moment when Jesus came as a man, fully God and fully man. And he came. And if, if you didn't know this, this is the best thing you'll hear all day. He came to die for you. Martin said it earlier. His purpose was to come and he came. Yeah, to, to model what it is to live the life we're supposed to live, to be an example. But he came to save you and save me. He came to give his life on a cross. And in doing so, he became the offering that was required to pay for every sin. Anything that could separate us from God. Jesus paid the price with his body and his blood. And then three days later, he rose again to demonstrate there is nothing that has authority over Jesus. Come on, that is worth a round of applause. That is our Jesus. And so here's the, here's the good news. You don't need to do anything to receive that. Because Jesus did that for you by His grace, by God's grace, He gave His life for you. And so you don't have to work up to anything. You don't have to be a certain type of person or behave a certain way. You can just receive Christ as you are. And at the end of the service, or as we come down and pray, you can choose to receive Christ today. That is the good news. But Jesus came, when he came, he said, it says in the word that he came to fulfill the law. There were many prophecies through the Old Testament that were speaking of Jesus coming. And Jesus said, I didn't come to like scrap all that, let's start again. He said, I came to fulfill, think of it like, like an update, you know, when your phone does an update. 
Has anybody got the new iOS update? My phone still hasn't got enough memory space, for goodness sake, to get it, but I will sort it out. But you know, when you thought it has an update, it doesn't mean everything else is gone, it's just, it's an update. You know, Jesus would say, you've heard it said, but I tell you. So Jesus came as an update, and so Jesus was saying, if you think of that, that sense of anointing still exists, but this is the interesting thing. Jesus came, the Messiah, we call him from the Hebrew text, or Christ Christos in the Greek, both those words mean anointed, or the anointed one. So at the outset of his ministry, Jesus, the anointed one, he goes and he, he gets baptized, and it's, the Bible records that the, the Spirit fell on him, the Holy Spirit fell on him like a dove. And at his baptism, he then went away and he started, he was tested, and then he comes to start his ministry. And it's really interesting what his first sort of public proclamation is. He goes to the, the temple where people have been used to seeing him, and he stands up and he reads something from Isaiah 61 from the Old Testament in everybody's hearing, and he says, guys, in case you're missing it, this is me. And this is what he reads, I'll put it, it's on the screen for you, in Luke 4, verses 18 to 19, the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me. And remember what is anointing? It's to be set apart for a holy purpose. He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Is anybody thankful for Jesus in here? Come on. And here we see that the ministry of Jesus is not just about our salvation. It's not just about getting a ticket to heaven. You're in, well done. No, he said, I've come to bring freedom. I've come to bring hope. I've come to bring sight. I've come to release people. I've come to bring God's favor. It's not just about what happens in the end. It's about the here and now. He's at work in our lives now. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He's done it for your neighbor. He can do it for you. He is at work. God is at work right now. But that anointing that he speaks about, the Bible is very clear. In Acts 10, 38, it said, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit. And here's an amazing thought. Before, after Jesus' resurrection, before he went to heaven, he looked at the disciples and he said, it's really important, I need to go. Because if I don't go, I can't send you the Holy Spirit. And here's the shocking thing, he says, it's better for you to have the Holy Spirit than it is for me to stay. That's a big statement from Jesus. When Jesus is saying there's something that would be better for you than I am. His work was done on the cross, but he says now it's about what comes next. And we live in Jesus, but we have this gift to receive the Holy Spirit. Because we too have been anointed with the Holy Spirit. The Bible's really clear about this. We spoke about this a few weeks ago and we talked about his presence, but let's just remind ourselves of some of these scriptures. Ephesians 1, 13. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. 1 John 2, 20. Here it is as plain as day. You have an anointing from the Holy One. 
Wow. Or 2 Corinthians 1 verse 21. Now it is God who makes both, both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and puts his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Wow. Just as Jesus was anointed, we too are anointed. The same spirit. So I hope you find that encouraging today that you are also the anointed one of God. Here's the problem that that just created for me though. If we're already anointed, somebody's got there before me, why are we having an anointing service? Don't worry, we'll get there. Because you see, through the New Testament, there are still examples of the disciples anointing with oil. In James, it speaks about how we are to, to anoint people with oil to, to pray for their healing. There's examples still. And so if we're already anointed, why do we need an anointing service? Why should we pray for anointing? In order to explain that, I want us to compare it with something that we might understand a little better. I want us to think about communion and baptism. Many of you will have, have taken part in communion here as a church family where we take the bread and we take the, the juice representing the wine. And we do what Jesus said to do in remembrance of him. We break the bread and we, we drink the wine and we do it in remembrance of what he did for us by his death on the cross. Baptism, you may have um, been baptized and we actually have a baptism service coming up in October in, in three or four weeks time. Um, would really encourage you to, again, it's a command from God to, in the Bible to be baptized. And when we're baptized, that's where we go down into the water we bring in the hot tubs. We go down into the water and we identify with the death of Jesus. But praise God, we don't stay in the water. We come up and we identify with the resurrection life. Saying the old is gone, the new has come and now I walk in the resurrection life. These two practices that we have in church, you may have heard called the sacraments. Now, you don't need to remember that word, but it's helpful because sacraments effectively is about creating a sacred moment. They're sacred moments, holy moments, if you like. They're a point of connection, a point of remembrance with a spiritual truth. Here's what they are. They are an outward expression of an inward spiritual reality. Now, here's what I want us to think about. Are we in Christ when we take the bread and wine? If you said yes to Jesus and he is your Lord and Savior, you are what is called saved, we would call saved or born again. You are in Christ, you are free, your sins are forgiven. Am I more saved by taking the bread and wine? No. But what it is, it's a, it's a reminder, it's a spiritual act. It's a symbolic act, but it's also a spiritual act of remembering what he has done for us through the breaking of his body, through the pouring out of his blood. And we can have a, a, a spiritual experience and remembrance because as we focus and have that touch point of what God, is what God has done, there's nothing special about the bread. 
I don't know, over lockdown, I brought bread with all kinds of things. Because we used to do Sunday night church on Zoom and we used to have communion every week and it was like, Hovis one week, Tiger Loaf the next, Jacob's cream cracker, fourth weekend, we're down to the ginger cake. You know, it's like whatever, we're a Jaffa cake, anyone? Because it, it doesn't really matter what, what the bread, it's, it's what it represents, but it's what it does inside of us because it is still a spiritual act. Think about baptism. When you go down into the waters of baptism, you have made a decision and the Bible says you are a new creation in Christ. You, your old nature is gone, the new has come. So am I more saved when I've been baptized? No, no, no. <laughs> you're saved when you go in, you're saved when you come out. But there is a spiritual exchange that happens. There's something special that happens because you're identifying in an outward public act the truth of an inward reality. As we pray today and anoint you with oil, you are already anointed. But it's a symbolic act of the, the, to connect you with the spiritual reality. So as we put that dab of oil on your head, it's that reminder of, I am set apart for a holy purpose. And when we connect with that, when we put our foot forward and say, God, I wanna be reminded of that. I wanna connect with that. I believe God can do something powerful through that. So this is the part we can explain. What comes next is the holy mystery. I can't explain to you sometimes the things that we experience and what happens in our hearts when we take part in communion and when we go through the waters of baptism or when we anoint with oil, but I know God's attention is on us. We're gonna reconnect with the spiritual reality that you, every single one of you, none of you are discounted, are set apart for a holy purpose. That you are marked and chosen by God. And he has set his seal upon you of the Holy Spirit. That you are called to be a light in this world. And therefore, just as Jesus said, you too can say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. In fact, let me say this to you, church. The Spirit of the Lord is on you. Because he has anointed you to proclaim good news to the poor. He has anointed you to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim that this is the year of the Lord's favor. I'm gonna invite the worship team to come back up and Martin's gonna lead us. And after we've sang, we're gonna, we'll wait till we've sang and just let this settle. I'll jump up and I'll call us forward. We have our prayer team that are gonna be here. And as I said, there's nothing, there's nothing weird about the oil. There's nothing special about the oil. It's not some special sign. It's, it's, it's oil, okay? But we'll just take it down and we'll put it on your head and pray over you. And can I just say this? Some of you have had experiences in church possibly where you've not had a good experience of this encounter with the Holy Spirit. And can I just say, wouldn't it be just like the enemy to try and take something that should be so good and empowering and strengthening for you and try and distort it and make it frightening or weird? Or that It's not weird. I heard Bill Johnson say this this week. I found it. 
We think we are physical beings having a spiritual experience, but we're not. We're spiritual beings having a physical experience. There's nothing weird about the Holy Spirit. We are spiritual beings and it's good to reconnect with that. And as we anoint you, it's an indication of His presence and of His favour. And some of you are gonna get a fresh experience of the Holy Spirit because in Ephesians 5.18 where it says, be filled with the Holy Spirit, that word to be filled means a constant filling, an overflowing, think of a fountain or a river. It's, it's, a, it's that fountain that'll never run dry. And so you may experience something new in the Holy Spirit today. I'm believing for that. Believing that you will know that He has anointed you as a, as a mum, He's anointed you in that factory. He's anointed you in that rehearsal studio. He's anointed you in that office. He's anointed you in that playground. He has called you and He has anointed you. I believe we're gonna find strength today. We're gonna find healing today. We're gonna find endurance today. We're gonna find peace today, not by might and not by power, but by His Spirit, amen. Come on, let's stand together. And let's just just make sure our posture is open to Him. I want to encourage you to even just hold out your hands as we sing this song as a sign that says, I'm not holding anything back. And as I said, we're not going to make anybody come forward to prayer. We're not going to make you have oil on your head. But I just, I believe today that as we've seen in that word, you can have that expectation that God is going to meet you as we do. So let's, let's worship. Thanks for joining us. We pray you feel encouraged by this word. We would love to hear from you. So why not connect with us via the website at lifechurchhome.com or on our socials at Life Church Home. Have a blessed week and we'll see you soon.